everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Today, I'm joined by Joel Hogan, the Chief Product Officer at Crossover Health. How are you today? I'm good. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. You and I met at the ATA conference in Boston. Uh, it was a good conference. We did some videos, which people will be able to see that as well. And uh, this is probably one of the quickest turnaround times, though, for from meeting to scheduling. So I'm really excited to have you here today. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it was a great conference, and it was a, it was a pleasure meeting you. Looking forward to today's discussion. Well, let's kick it off then. Let's, uh, if you could tell the audience a little bit about your background, I know they'll appreciate that, and then we'll go into a little bit around uh, crossover health. Sure. Well, um, I'm, I'm a, a self-diagnosed recovering consultant from Anderson Consultant Accenture for a number of years uh, before I joined United Health Group um, and the predecessor to Optum and Genix back in 2006. Uh, and then I spent 15 years uh, at Optum in a variety of roles at the organization. I uh, have, have a profound respect for what they do. Uh, for the last several years, I was within the Optum Insight part of the business and in their growth office, really focused on um, all of the services and capabilities that can be uh, provided to provider organizations. So whether those are hospital organizations or medical groups. Um, and for the last two years was the head of provider product portfolio, which was a little over a $2 billion business. Uh, focused on a variety of services that we offered, uh, everything from large uh, consulting engagements, uh, uh, but most of it was more focused on our software as a service capabilities. Uh, and that was everything from revenue cycle management to IT services to uh, analytics capabilities, uh, as well as um, some of the clinical capabilities, so patient helpline um, and some nurse triage capabilities that we offered, mostly to large hospital systems. Uh, and most of the work that I did in those last couple of years that I was really proud of uh, was focused on uh, large transformational partnerships with provider organizations. So spent some time uh, with the partnerships at John Muir Health and Boulder Community Health and the work that Optum was doing to help transform those, uh, those hospital systems, those integrated delivery networks. Um, so really excited about that time, but I really felt that I wanted to get closer to the actual care being provided. A lot of the time was being spent reducing the administrative burden of healthcare, which Optum is well poised to do and was doing very effectively. Um, but this gave me an opportunity to get a little bit closer to the actual care that members and patients are receiving. So I had a couple of colleagues that had gone over to Crossover Health, got the opportunity to meet Scott Shreve, our CEO, and really bought into the vision of what we're doing here. Uh, and so I joined in July as the uh, as the chief product organization or officer of the organization. Thank you for that that intro and to telling us a little bit about your background. So can we take that now the next step into yeah. going into a little more detail, I guess, around crossover? And you mentioned part of uh, how they brought you in there was the vision. If you could also mention maybe what you can share. I know some parts of vision are are confidential, but what you can share, we would love to hear more about the crossover health vision that kind of drew you in and uh, the the ins and outs of the company today. Sure, sure. Yeah, so so start with my role. So the, the role as a chief product officer is new for the organization. So when I joined, it was kind of a consolidation of a number of different parts of the business. One was our product, uh, historically was called our, uh, our platform, so our technology. So we do have an internally uh, build technology, sometimes called Switch or internally crossover platform, XOP. And that's the platform that is uh, used by our care team members and our our, our members directly to be able to uh, interact, engage um, together through asynchronous care, virtual care, and scheduling of in-person 
uh, visits, et cetera. And so that part of the business, the product management team and the analysts that run that are, are now a part of the product organization. The design team, we've got some great folks that are leading design for our organization that are focused on uh, uh, designing users and journey mapping uh, personas and wireframes and really thinking about the innovative way that we design the experience. Because we're a hybrid organization, we have to constantly be thinking about when a member goes from our virtual experience to our in-person experience to our application, how do we make that as seamless as possible for them? And so uh, really excited about the design team that I have within the group. And then uh, three new areas of product that have been evolving since I joined. One is strategy. So we don't have a direct strategy or an innovation uh, department. Um, so I have product strategy within my org and accountable not just for thinking about the strategy, but executing upon it. And then outcomes. So the outcomes team, which is what I'm most excited about uh, coming from Optima Group that's just, just uh, you know, breadth and depth focused on outcomes of clinical care, et cetera, uh, is a part of the team. So we've got a great group of folks that lead that, data, data scientists and others that are reviewing our claims and clinical data to really evaluate the efficacy of our care model. Uh, and then engagement. At the end of the day, one of the things that we really are excited and proud of is our ability to engage members, whether those members are employers or health plan subscribers or direct consumers, having the ability to engage them in the care, having them feel a, a, a part of their journey in care is kind of our critical approach. Um, in general, I think just to kind of step back now from just not just product, but crossover. Crossover has been around for a while. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost 12 years now that we've been in and playing this space. But from day one, we were hybrid. The idea was well ahead of what I would argue most of the industry was thinking about was how do we create online care? How do we create primary care that can be handled virtually and in person? And so we've always had that in our DNA. Um, our DNA started for a long time with large uh, Silicon Valley type employers. So if you think about the the apples of the world, the, the metas of the world. These are large, very reputable organizations in the Silicon Valley area that are focused on providing innovative healthcare services for their employees and Crossover uh, collaborated with them in creating on-site clinics to support those needs. We've acknowledged and evolved over time, uh, really focusing on everything um, around near site as well as what services we provide in the on-sites. So strategically, uh, not giving anything away, but we've kind of narrowed in the services that we focus on for a long time. What did what do you want? Do you want a dermatologist? Do you want an uh, ophthalmologist? We'll put that in the clinic and support you. Uh, we've now really narrowed into what we believe are the core services. Well, we'll do that. Um, it's not um, in our core service. And what we do in those core services now is then offer those services at near site clinics where multiple employers can buy into it. We've acknowledged it's a pretty steep uh, uh, level of, of, of consolidated employees to justify a building of an on-site clinic. And so how do we create clinics that sit in communities where multiple employers can buy into? So that is unequivocally a part of our strategy and will continue to be. We'll be targeting strategically metropolitan areas and others where we can build near-site clinics that can recruit multiple smaller employers to access the same services that may be available at a large uh, jumbo employer. And then 50 state virtual coverage, which to me coming from uh, Optum was, was probably the thing I, I knew the least about at Crossover is that we have 50 state coverage for all of our services and our core services as mental health. So we have 50 state coverage for mental health for virtual visits and asynchronous so text message visits. Um, uh, uh, physical therapy, uh, any type of kind of physical medicine support, 
Care navigation, so if you have needs outside of the clinic, we'll help navigate those. Coaching, that's inclusive of nutritional coaching, diet coaching, as well as fitness, uh, as well as primary care. And so those services we have scaled nationally. So if there are employers or payers or consumers that want access to that and don't sit in one of these large metropolitan areas where we have a clinic, how they can get access to that same great service virtually. Uh, in those markets? And then how do they access uh, in between all of that? We've written a number of papers around the fact that pandemic people are changing how they're engaging in care. Uh, how folks engage in virtual care is no longer a simple convenience visit for urgent needs. They're engaging in mental health at a higher rate virtually. They're engaging in their primary care relationship virtually, but they still like to build that relationship in person. So having the ability to split between and have that same dedicated care team it's really what our differentiated model model is and, and, and why I'm excited to be here. And when, when you and I, by the way, you were doing hybrid care before it was considered you know, cool, right? Cool, yeah. Uh, because you, you hear that term often thrown out way more than you ever did years ago. Uh, it, it probably, you were the, the only ones or, or one of the few people that was using it at the time. Uh, so, you know, kudos to, to really being ahead. When... You and I sat down, which is cool because I don't get to do this with every guest, right, in an in-person setting. You and I were talking about the success of Crossover, and you gave, gave me a phrase that was kind of tied to the success and is part of your core thought process at Crossover Health. And I'd love for you to talk more about it. And that, that was basically your approach, taking a comprehensive, coordinated an accountable approach. Can you describe what that means in the crossover sure. context and, and how that's helped attribute to the success of the company? Yeah, I think the industry in general has learned as the evolutions from patient-centered medical homes to advanced primary care organizations to the CPC programs that were developed by CMS, there is an acknowledgement of the importance of, of a team-based approach. So when we say comprehensive, we mean who is that team that supports you? Who is that comprehensive team that manages you. And in that management of that comprehensive relationship, it could be inclusive of mental health, physical health, primary care, those coaching folks that I mentioned before, care navigation, as well as in-person and virtual. That's what we mean by comprehensive, is that, is that we offer services that we believe about 80% of care can be achieved within this team. Um, that there is less need for our members to receive and, and, and seek care at specialists to seek care in other parts of the, um, of the community. Acknowledging also that a lot of folks' care needs are more holistic, that if someone has diabetes, they might also often have compounding mental health or physical medicine needs and having the comprehensive services to be able to do that in a single integrated team is, is critical. Coordinated is the fact that we do that as a true team-based model. And this is where we're really disruptive, at least I believe, in the way that we do business, is that uh, a lot of every single one of our clinics, whether that's a virtual clinic, so you can imagine kind of the equivalent of a virtual team, or a physical clinic, when they sit down for their daily stand-up and huddle, they are asking questions about coordinated uh, care. So they're asking, who are the members that are coming in today and what do they need? What are the care gaps that need to be closed? Do we need to schedule follow-up appointments with the mental or physical uh, medicine uh, folks that are also on the team? Is there a care navigation need for this member that we expect to be prepared? What gaps do they need closed? 
Is there a medication adherence question? Is there a uh, colorectal screening or some type of, of, of cancer screening that's going to be required of this member? And being able to do that same experience, both in person, in this huddle, so our physical buildings are built around driving that relationship. So there's a huddle room that's, uh, that's not shown to the members where all of our teams come together and collaborate on care. And we have that same experience virtually, which I think is really disruptive, is that we have that team. So for me, being from Minnesota, haven't quite convinced us to build a clinic in Minnesota. I'm going to do it. But right now, my team's all virtual. So that's completely coordinated by... Um, by our teams. And I think that is one of our differentiation. Coordination, even including social determinants of health. So if someone has transportation concerns or someone has uh, food, uh, food issues or, or housing issues or uh, domestic violence concerns, we collaborate and build a network in that community to help support that coordinated experience. And finally, accountable. At the end of the day, one of the largest issues in the United States healthcare system is how do we shift from fee-for-service to value-based care? It's a common refrain. Uh, from an organizational standpoint, we have been built from day one as a purpose-built organization. We have not been paid for transactions. We're not paid uh, per visit fee as part of our uh, culture. So that means that we're focusing on the care of our members. We're focused on the population as a whole um, and trying to drive outcomes at a member level and at a population level and then sharing that risk. We want to be held accountable for closing gaps in care, for getting members engaged in their care or driving down overall total cost of care and measuring that in a very consistent way across our, our business. And so it's, it's passion for me, having come from a business that did an exceptional job of helping to work through the administration of healthcare. How do we submit claims more efficiently? How do we get patients to pay their co-pays and their deductibles? Um, and this just pivots the conversation to how do we manage a patient? How do we manage their health? How do we make them uh, have live a, 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 their best life? Um, and, and that allows us to really have care team members. So our, our provider retention is, is higher than I think most in the industry because providers feel like they're actually providing the care they went to school for. They're not there trying to code at night uh, to submit claims. Um, so that's what we mean when we say comprehensive, coordinated, and accountable. Thank you, Joel. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. It was great to learn more. I know we went in, we only went into a little detail uh, with that when we, you and I met in person. So it's great for, for me as well to kind of sure. hear the, the whole spiel around it. My, my last key question I have for you today is another thing that we brought up when we were having our in-person discussion. And it was basically what is advanced primary health and how is that different than traditional primary care? Yeah, so what I just described before, our overall model, what we think is different about this. I think most in the industry, and if you read most studies that are out there, if you look at most advanced developed countries, it, 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 I think it's, it's, it's unequivocal that primary care and engaged primary care drive better outcomes. I think most people believe in that model. The real question is, is that enough? Is a fee-for-service primary care physician that you have in the market, that you're engaged in the general community, are they able to drive the change that, that you as a member, as an individual need, and that the community and the industry needs? And what we believe is that it needs to be more than just primary care. It needs to be primary health. And we use that term very intentionally, which is shifting from a primary care as a traditional internist or general practice, family practice physician to a holistic health model and use the word primary in, in, in the terms of this is the first spot you go. This is your primary 
uh, patient-centered medical home. This is the team that is accountable for your care. And so that's how we shift from primary care to primary health, inclusive of mental health, inclusive of physical therapy, inclusive of care navigation and health coaching. And then advanced primary care has acknowledged that this has evolved in the industry. Patient-centered medical homes to advanced primary care, which is a, a bit of a, a more common term in the industry. Advanced primary care is pretty common. Um, and we have just spun that a little bit with our core model and acknowledging by advancing primary health, by focusing on population, by focusing on outcomes, by ensuring that we're really helping address the needs of whether our client who's an employer or our client who's a health plan, um, how we're making sure that whatever outcomes they're trying to drive towards. Because a lot of employers, they do this for retention, for recruitment, for productivity. Um, so that's a lot of the work for how we define um, how we're helping to move the, the conversation forward. Thanks so much, Joel, for that. And as we, we wrap up in like the next 30 seconds or so, uh, real quick, what can you share in terms of what's next for Crossover Health? Yeah, I, I don't think it's... Um, I don't think it's a secret that companies like ours that have spent a lot of time supporting self-insured employers are constantly thinking about ways to collaborate with health insurance companies. There's an acknowledgement that insurance companies by nature are a consolidation of employers um, and they have their own unique needs. And our model naturally collaborates well with an insurer who's trying to drive down total cost of care, who doesn't want to pay for multitudes of visits wants to incent providers to do the right thing, to manage their members. And so, uh, you know, what's next, I think, not just for crossover, but I think for the industry is finding ways to collaborate with health insurance companies in new and unique and innovative ways. And so that's, that's an area that we will constantly be exploring. And in addition to that, I think our model is really compelling to those change-making uh, insurance or change-making employers uh, and working with those. So I'm hoping we can continue our journey that we've built with our great clients today, whether that was Amazon or Meta or a number of other clients that we have today, how do we continue that journey and find uh, more change-making employers that we can uh, collaborate and partner with? Well, Joel, again, thank you so much for joining me here today. It's been a pleasure. I already can't wait to have you on again uh, real soon, and we can go over some other topics and put together some different content. But again, really appreciate having you on here today. And Excited to continue to follow your journey and crossover health. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Jared. Looking forward to the next next conversation.